0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, a podcast that loves a late, late goal. I'm joined by Jack Davies. It's been a while. Jack, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, mate. How are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Chelsea have won one nil. So, you know, in a better position in the top four race than uh, we were midweek. And return to the podcast for the first time in a while. It's Tom Coley. Tom, how are we doing, sir?
2: yeah i'm I'm, I'm good thanks guys thank you for having me um a lot happier than i was in about the 89th minute um
1: (laughs) so yeah pretty good i would i would say yeah no exactly i think you know i think we went through quite a range of emotions in about that five minute spell from about the 85th minute 86th minute onwards um but as i always do with guests i get them to give themselves plugs so tom why don't you tell people where they can find you on twitter and also the chelsea social
2: yeah, so um, if you'd want my personal Twitter, it's at uh, TomCody49 for general cricket and sport ramblings, along with some football and Chelsea stuff every now and then uh, as well. And then also all of the work at the Chelsea Social, you'll have people like Jam and Rob come on here quite often. Um, my humble work colleagues. And also, if you got any interest in the last couple of games of the season for some championship loanies from Chelsea or some ex-Chelsea players do a lot of work for Bristol City this season I actually got to speak to Jay De Silva last week which was really nice he's a really shy bloke but I can't believe he's only 23 because he has been around for a long long time and he's absolutely tiny but a little bit on some Chelsea loanies that I've seen a lot of this season as well if you're interested
1: yeah Tom's links I'm sure social will be in the description below Make sure you check them out now. Before we get into talking about that ludicrous display against Arsenal midweek and then that horrendous watch against West Ham that we eventually won, uh, obviously, I've got to do some admin. So, support for that Chelsea podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who have met best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men. If my math is correct, that's 8 million bulls worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer that we have for you and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code thatchelseapod at manscaped.com. Now, we were kindly sent the performance package 4.0. And like Solomon Kalor for Bench, this package is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer weed worker ear and nose hair trimmer crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies now first off is the Law 4.0 this trimmer is the future of grooming and will help clean up that mess down there better than Gus hitting cleaned up that chelsea mess when he took over in the 15-16 season their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology The Lorimer 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400k LED spotlight should you need a more precise shave. Some might call it the Cess Fabregas of shavers. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor and everyone's a winner there. Now, like Hakim Ziyech's goal v Spurs in January, you no doubt thought that was good. But do you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker, nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Worker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. You'll get all up in your business, like Diego Costa looking for a scrap. Next up, we have their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Provider Ball Toner, which will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts for us, their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxes, and the Shed travel bag. I mean the travel bag is called the shed. You know you want this. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with code Pod. Yes, get 20% off and free shipping with code VATCHUSYPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use that and use code Pod. Unlike your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Right. Admin out the way. Now, Jack. You decided to borrow a mate's season ticket on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday. And you decided to rock up to the bridge and watch Arsenal. Jack, just thoughts on that absolute ludicrous display that we saw on Wednesday night.
3: Yeah, it was poor. It was so poor. But you get what's coming for you when you you put out a team like that, really. Um, Yeah, so... I mean, yeah, there's not much to say is there's conceding four goals at home to the Gooners at the best of times is 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 not is not good. But when we when we've uh, got all our sanctions and we've got no fans and they're louder than all the rest of us for the whole game, it, it was pretty embarrassing, to be honest. But um, yeah, not much to not much to really take from that game from me, to be honest. I was uh, happy to get home after it, really.
1: Yeah, it was the first time Chelsea have lost three home games in a row since 1993. They also conceded four-plus goals for two consecutive league games for the first time since 1989. It was bad. And Tom, I mean, it was just errors. I think, you know, just errors, errors and more errors. The first goal, Andreas Christensen. Yeah. The second goal, yeah. The third goal, geez. The fourth goal, yeah. It was like, we don't want to spend too long on it because I genuinely just want to forget that game. And I kind of want to just forget league football in general. I just want this season, as said, this season done. But what was just kind of your quick assessments about Arsenal horror show, and yeah, just how like pleased are you that uh, you know we, we're nearly we're nearly done with it, this uh, Premier League season?
0: Yeah,
2: it's uh, see the game just sort of passed me by to be honest. It was like I couldn't quite believe what was going on because it was so comedic the whole game, like how open Chelsea were. Arsenal were themselves making ridiculous mistakes, you know, like in in their own half. I I don't want to make excuses because it, it was shambolic. It really was bad, and there are a lot of things to pick out that are pretty poor, and we don't want to see again from Chelsea going forward. But I think you could tell that it had come at the end of the Southampton game, the emotions of Madrid, and the FA Cup semi final. Like it, it, it's a lot. For this Chelsea team to to go through in a week, and I don't think we should overestimate, underestimate, sorry the the impact of that that Madrid game. It was emotionally absolutely draining for everyone. Um, and again, it, it, it's it's a poor mis- it's a poor excuse to make, but it is definitely a factor. It is like with everything that's gone on at Chelsea, and I think um, Gary never said it in commentary today, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet, but it's like. With everything that's gone on at Chelsea over the last over this last couple of months and continues to go on, sort of day by day, with the club, the sanctions, the ownership, more injuries, contract talks, uncertainty, it's like now there is nothing really for Chelsea to focus on other than that FA Cup final. It's all just sort of. It, it would be understandable that Chelsea take their eye off the ball a little bit, and actually, we start seeing. The impact of these things on the pitch which we haven't seen so far um, and th- that that's where I would rather look I'm, I wouldn't want to overanalyse too much that happened on that pitch like Malangsa's not good enough we know that N- no surprise Tuchel probably was sort of pigeonholed I think into a few changes like Rudiger's injury you know having the midfield that he's got without Kovacic we saw again today how hard that is to sort of watch I wouldn't want to analyse it but Please don't happen again. Can we just beat them? Please. Can we just beat them at home for once? They deserve it.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's two years running. Arsenal just rocked up to Stamford Bridge and won. And they just, you know, for, for that night anyway, it just made the top four race all of a sudden just feel very tense. And you kind of were just like mood and You're kind of just waiting. And obviously we were the last of the of Spurs and Arsenal to play this weekend. I'm watching, you know, United, watching Bruno miss that penalty for United did not help my mood any further going into it. Spurs drawing with Brentford improved my mood a lot. And then today watching us, geez, uh, it was tough. But yeah, Arsenal won't spend too much on it. was poor. I mean, look, Eddie Nketiah scored. You know, he'd scored once in his previous 20, 29 games or something. And then he scored two against us. I mean, it's it's not surprising. It happens. It's a Chelsea thing. Um yeah, it was poor defending, it was mistakes. It just looked like a night where Tuchel cool. You kind of just you just got one of those moods, even watching, obviously, I wasn't in the ground, but it just felt watching on TV almost like a pre-season like or early Carabao Cup round, just the vibes, just not really there. And again, watching West Hampton game today, it just felt like an end-of-season game with nothing really riding on. I think that's just what we're gonna we're gonna see. So it wasn't good. Um so yeah, we'll leave Arsenal there. Not much to say. Arsenal won. It was annoying because we don't want Arsenal. You know, well, I don't really want Arsenal against to top four. I don't want Spurs to getting top four either. But I guess up to people to decide. Lesser of two evils, who gets it? Um, but yeah, it was annoying because Arsenal had lost three in a row as well, which again was just telling. Uh, but obviously, you know, we lose to Arsenal. We've lost three in a row. Um, but it is what it is. But we move on to West Ham. And geez, that was equally dull. As I said, I said to people, Jack, it was like watching Sari Ball, but with a manager who the fans actually like. That's what it is <laughs> like. That's what it feels like watching us in the Premier League. It always felt like watching for months. Because I genuinely can't remember, aside from Southampton, the last game in the Premier League, I actually really enjoyed watching Chelsea in. It's been, it feels like it's been forever. So just your quick thoughts on that turgid West Ham display? Yeah, boring. Boring as you like, really.
3: Um, I think it summed it up when I saw saw this post of uh, Tuchel apparently didn't get off the bench the whole first half, not even once. I think that sums it all up. He's, he's had enough of it all. We're like we just discussed, we're kind of at that point of the season where top four should really be done. I think one more win pretty much secures it. But we're we're all we're all at the beaches. We're 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 in Barbados. We want to be on holiday at the moment. Um, and to be fair, if, if if the players want to do that for a couple of weeks and then come back for the FA Cup, it's all right. But that ain't going to be good preparation. At the end of the day, the boys need to pick it up and start. Getting a run of form together so we can go and get revenge on the Scousers because yeah, that that's 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 what our season's riding on at the end of the day. And I think if we can come through that, win that final, I think you'll take that top, top four spot, Champions League football next season, Super Cup, Club World Cup, and an FA Cup. Don't think you can say that's a bad season at all. And then we just go on to arguably one of the best, uh, one of the most important summers we've had in a long time um, where we've sure we'll speak about all these contract situations, et cetera, but it's going to be a time to, yeah, really re- rebuild and see what these, see what these new owners are all about.
1: Yeah. Tom, obviously, you know, we, we will get a speak on the game a minute, but I don't know about you, but it feels like I'm just more excited for next season now than I am. This current one, obviously we got the, you know, the really disappointing news that Tony really is off at the end of the season. Like for, for, I feel like a lot of us had actually started to really believe he was going to stay. I think a lot of the fans, you know, start to believe when it comes out, but he's not, he's, you know, that final offer. It's not, so he's going, but it does feel in a way quite an exciting summer for Chelsea. Obviously we have got questions about, you know, comings and goings, which we'll answer later on, but given, you know, we've got new ownership coming in, you know, hopefully that will change the way the club operates, you know, maybe be sparser with with the money we spend, et cetera. Um, you know, incorporating, you know, trying to, I guess, Tom, allowing Thomas Tuchel to hopefully actually build a squad and shape a squad in his image. So despite is it a case of you almost like just getting through these last weeks and actually you're more looking forward to seeing, you know, what when the new ownership comes in, just what happens after that? Because I think this could actually be a really exciting period coming up.
2: Yeah, it's like all of these things at Chelsea are so unignorable now, like this last week, because if we just go back on a slight tangent to the Brentford game, um, which was the last game with where we could sell tickets properly, wasn't it? And um all of a sudden you come back. And you can sort of ignore what's going on behind the scenes for Chelsea while they're in the Bernabeu, while they're playing Champions League football. And now, every time you watch Chelsea, the story is no longer the football. It's Rudiger, it's injuries, it's Asper it's Tuchel, it's sanctions, it's ownership, it's tiredness, it's th- they're comfortably with third best, oh, are they? Maybe it's Arsenal. It's, it's not been about the football on the pitch for a long time. Like you've said, Nick, it's like, when was the last time that you actually sort of got excited watching Chelsea play, other than Southampton? It, it's not been about the football for far too much of this season, um, or for basically the whole of the second half of the season. It's, it's been about other things on the pitch and Chelsea have just sort of continued to play. And going back to the original question, this reminds me a lot, it's given me sort of Lampard vibes in the sort of, here we go, this is exciting. There's so much unknown about what is going to happen over this summer. Who's going to come in? Who's going to do this? But we are obviously in a better position now. We've got a better squad. We've got a better standing, a better foundation, a better manager and the youth already incorporated. And I, you know, uh, could there be potential shades of, you know, if Gallagher and Broca come back, maybe Gilmore, maybe Colwell as well, plus potentially some others are they going to be almost sort of the next round of Mount, Abraham, James, hudson Adoy to some extent under Lampard? It is exciting. It's worrying. It is worrying because there are so many unknowns. Like there is a massive, massive lack of genuine sort of foundation in, in, in the squad in terms of what might be there. But we know that at the base of it, we've got Mount, we've got Mendy, we've got Silver we've got Chilwell, James, Kovacic. And then outside of that, you're genuinely not too sure, which is intriguing. And I am looking forward to it. And I, I found it really hard to sort of analyse, again, what what Chelsea do in outside the club over the last couple of years because there have been so many sort of extra factors to, to take into account. Like, I don't know how to feel about this Rudiger situation because of how hard it's been, at, like the sort of change in opinions over the last year. So I don't know where Chelsea go from here. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to predict what the club will look like, who will come in, who won't be there. I've, I've, got, I've got no clue. That is, that is exciting. It might not be the sort of thing that you look for for a club that are hoping to try and win the Premier League or challenge into the last couple of games of a season for a Premier League title, but it is exciting. Um, And I think Chelsea fans will appreciate that given the sort of turgidness that has been this last sort of three or four months where it's been sort of chucked on them to sort of just deal with it and accept it. And I think having an exciting summer with an exciting manager where we find out a lot about where this club can go in the next four or five years and and longer, I think the fans deserve that sort of excitement.
1: Yeah, no, I think, you know, we're on the dawn or on the brink of like a new era at Chelsea and say we don't know how it's going to go, but I think there's almost like an exciting of, you know, we're going almost, you know, unsure and assured, but also an excitement of sort of going into the unknown and the endless possibilities and capabilities of what next season could be. I think immediately, I mean, looking at who we're losing in Christensen, Rudiger, you know, do we potentially lose one of Jorginho, Kante, et cetera? There's always there's obviously, you know, the option that, you know, maybe our expectations change for next season, which again I think could actually be quite nice because I feel for a lot of this season. A lot of people build this off-season as the one where we close the gap on, on City and Liverpool, and that's not really been the case. And I think because of the way the season's gone and all the potential that there was, there has just been a malaise and a just general frustration and just fans, I think a lot of fans who I've spoken to almost have been wanting to just mentally check out of this season for a while now. But obviously because it's Chelsea and we've not you know, nailed top four just yet, still sort of, we're just still in there. But I think there's just that one desire just to you know, get the job done so we can sort of mentally check out because it's been draining on a lot of people Men, to just sort of go again next season and sort of in this new new era. And I said, I think I said, after we beat Crystal Palace 1-0 in the Premier League, I said, I don't think we're going to play that pretty football in the Premier League for the rest of the I don't think we're going to be that amazing to watch. Obviously, I thought we might be a bit more exciting than we have been in a lot of games since. But in general, I didn't think the fit that he was going to be amazing because at the time we had the FA Cup to focus on. We had the League Cup final coming ahead of us. We had Champions League, which we were in. And I think, you know, those the focus went to there and to be fair, the focus has been good because, you know, we did our damnest to, to win a Carabao Cup, you know, incredibly unlucky. We're in an FA Cup final and we, you know, nearly pulled off one of the great comebacks in our history against Real Madrid in the quarterfinals. And I think just ultimately in the space about, yeah, the season just all of a sudden just felt, felt a bit flat after after Madrid and, and Palace was kind of just business as usual, like Chelsea will turn up, they'll do the business, they'll go to another final, etc. And then they've sort of just been along and sort of just waiting, just kind of waiting to try and get revenge on Liverpool. And, and yeah, the Premier League, it's not been pretty. It's not probably going to be pretty to watch in these remaining few weeks, but as long as Chelsea get the job done, that's all that matters. Uh, I guess we should talk about the football today. It was dull. Um, so about, I, I kind of want to talk about this because this was a positive. I don't think we've got a question on this. I actually want to talk about Lukaku's impact off the bench because I thought that was actually quite encouraging to see, Jack. Six touches, one chance created, one penalty one two out two jewels, one two ball recoveries, one tackle. I mean, Rom was pretty anonymous against Arsenal, didn't do much, but fair play to him against West Ham. He actually did make a difference. He obviously, Craig Dawson, who I thought was exceptional for West Ham today before, you know, Rom managed to help, you know, get wrong side of him and get him him sent off. But just quick thoughts on on that Rom cameo. Uh,
3: I thought it was all right. I didn't really, I guess maybe watching it in the pub and stuff, you maybe get a bit of a different. Aspect than when you're watching at home and watching it a bit more fine tuned. I, I didn't really think he was that great, but I guess that's that's what what I think. When you've spent all that money on him, your expectations are, are so high, but just over the season, it's just gone lower and lower and lower. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of a lot of fans of. Um, lost their patience a pair patience with Lukaku and um that will well we'll have to see but potentially be the end of him at, at the end of the season but yeah great 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 um win for the penalty though and um but yeah for, for me I, yeah I didn't think that great to be honest but. fair enough fair enough
1: um Tom to talk about it. Jorginho Ugh. I think if that I feel like it's weird. I feel that penalty and just the tameness of that penalty and just, you know, the whole lethargy. I feel that kind of is just a perfect sort of image moment to kind of just sum up the current state of Chelsea, just playing football in general right now. Just like oh, it was almost like I wasn't even that surprised when he missed it. I was relieved at the time thinking, oh, yes, we're going to we're going to win this game. Uh, and then he misses it. And then, and then my biggest shock is we actually went on and won that game. I was convinced that point on was ending nil nil, but just your kind of thoughts about Jorginho Pante, that's your kind of mood in the space of those five minutes from Jorginho missing the pen to to Vempulicic getting the winner. Can I just say as well, Jack, I completely agree on Lukaku.
2: I was really, really frustrated with him until, because he hadn't touched the ball. I even been like one of his first touches. He had that header, didn't he? Um, yeah. And actually, the only thing about Lukaku um, was that When he came on, you could see Chelsea had an actual game plan because they were like, ah, here we go, here's Lukaku, we know what to do to him, we know what we do. Whereas the rest of the game was sort of getting around the box and being like, "Uh, what do we do now? Uh, Oh, we'll go back. Yeah, okay, we'll go back. Give the ball to Thiago Silva, let let him do something. He does does stuff. (laughs) So actually, the the only positive of Lukaku was maybe not Lukaku himself, you know, fair play, wins the penalty, um, but was that, Chelsea actually sort of at least had a game plan when when he was on the pitch um whether you like that game plan or not Jorginho oh god i, I i'm i'm done with him now um oh, i don't know what to say like he does his job you know if you look at his numbers he probably didn't give the ball away that that many times his passing was even less adventurous than than it usually is. Um, I think,
1: before I interrupt, there was one moment, I think it was about the 70th minute, like, this guy's with subs just, like, shown on the screen, and he does a pass, and it's meant to go back to Thiago Silva, I think, but it's just over so it just goes back to Mendy or something like that, and you're just <laughs> thinking, or it just uh, goes back a little dead. bit too far Silver, Silva, and you're just thinking, oh, there's an attack killed, but I will say, in general, I thought he was solid, but unspectacular, and then I thought, I feel about penalty yeah. this kind of defines like, his game. Yeah.
2: Like, he didn't he didn't really do anything wrong. It was very Jorginho-like and. He can slow down rapid games. That, that's the sort of player he is. And today, and I don't know if it's because we're looking at it because we know what Jorginho is like, but it felt like he made the game go even slower <laughs> than, than usual. <laughs> he slowed down an already astronomically boring game. The penalties are such a hard one. Fabianski dives the other way like oh wow it's amazing this this technique it was a poorly hit penalty even for his standards and I just found it funny and I've all you know who's on the pitch Havertz no I wasn't on the pitch at that point Uh, Mount was on the pitch Pulisic was on the pitch and I know Jorginho is our penalty taker and we had this debate and I've been the whole season I've been Jorginho should be our penalty taker he should be our penalty taker but it just made me laugh that who was right there, had just won the penalty. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm so much more confident if we've got this massive bully up front that is just going to absolutely smash this. But it was Jorginho. And I I, I tell you what, I didn't feel confident with it at all. I think it's hard to feel confident when Jorginho goes for the penalty. Um, I don't think Chelsea fans are done with him. There's no reason, I think, to be angry at him. Because you know what you're going to get. It's not like with Lukaku, where where you go, ah, we expected so much more from him. What did we expect from Jorginho that we haven't got? You know, you get what you get. And whether you like that or not is is a completely different point. I don't want this penalty to define him or his season or be the beginning of the end or something like that. But because that, that's not fair, it's yeah. a missed penalty. You know, it, it, it could happen yeah. to anyone. It's like it's like the Kepa Cup final shootout, you know, that doesn't mean anything. If you want to say that it is more than it is, sure, but it's not, you know, it's just with Jorginho, it, it just, it shows you how much we miss Kovacic. And I've been a massive, massive Kovacic fan for a long time. And every game now that I don't see Kovacic playing, honestly, because he's injured, I just think this could be a bit of a slog. And it has been a bit of a slog. But it's not, all, it's not all Jorginho's fault. Other players have, have yeah. got to take it. Got to yeah, take nah. some, and we saw Mount do it in the second half, I think. Started picking up the ball, being a little bit quicker with his passes. Obviously, Silver does it. But it's just what, part of a sort of wider sluggishness towards the end of the season. And Jorginho doesn't help that notion because that's how he looks on a good day, let alone when the game's boring. He doesn't often light up games, does he? Yeah,
1: no, I think that to be fair to the boys, that second half was a lot better. They did it's out with a bit more, bit more intent and purpose. Uh, but yeah, I think about Jorginho, it's almost like Chelsea getting gifted a chance for top four and Chelsea, you know, just like, yeah, no. And then Pulisic obviously hadn't read the script late on and gets on the end of a Marcus Alonso cross to win the game. And the fair play, two cool subs worked and he got the job done. Pure Cic, yeah. I mean, there's really not much to say because in these last games, I can't really analyse individual performances. I can just go, Saar was bad against Arsenal. Christian was bad against Arsenal. Asper was bad against Arsenal. Pretty much the whole team was bad against Arsenal, apart from Timo Werner. Today, I can go the only good ones, really. Thiago Silva was good. Jorginho was fine, apart from that penalty miss. Can say I thought sloppy, giving the ball away, but actually was, looked a bit more lively Height got up the pitch quite high, enabled us to win the ball back quite quickly at points. Ruben, yeah, it was a wing back, was fine, didn't really notice him a huge amount. Alonso was solid, didn't really notice him a huge amount. Mount, second half, stepped it up. Havertz didn't really notice today. Timo didn't really notice today. It was just feels like I'm just describing like a load of six, six out of ten performances for the last two weeks, which I probably could describe but the, the, however many previous league games, really. It was just just dull, but we we got the job done The this stage of the season. I don't really care how it gets done. Just just get the job done. Get top four done so I can mentally check out, please. Um, but
2: yeah. I hey, I know you talk a lot about like sort of squad composition and how it works and it's not necessarily a massive thing from today, but it tells you how poorly Chelsea have been put together over the last five years that Kovacic doesn't play a midfielder that doesn't really offer too much going forward, like in terms of goals and assists and actual output. Um, And all of a sudden, Kante has to be the most attacking player that Chelsea have got in midfield. It, it tells you sort of how sort of it is still threadbare. It is still really patchwork and really put together and sort of mm, this will have to do. And there is yeah. still a lot of that in Chelsea's squad. So that credit to Tuchel for, for getting through that, because, you know, w- without Loftus-Cheek playing at wing back, which I think he's done okay in, you know, decent. Like he's no, he's no Rhys-James, Um it just shows you that there's still quite a way to go because we were asking Kante to basically try and unlock a defense, which is just against everything that you think it should be. Isn't it? Like it was like, no one else is going to do it. You're like our most progressive midfielder. Great. What sort of position does that, does that show that you're in?
1: Yeah, no, no, exactly. I think the credit to Trevi came in obviously late because Christensen missed out. Um, Trev came in, he didn't really put a foot wrong. I was nice to see Trev put in a in a pretty strong showing. He was he was good. And I say, you know, there's still moments, there's still a couple of moments with Chelsea, mm-hmm. like defensively, where just a couple of a risky balls. And I think literally you just, what? it's amazing how one game and all of a sudden, like the PTSD just comes up like, flooding and you're just like, oh no, oh no. Um, but the credit, it was a clean sheet. It was a much needed clean sheet. Um, and it was just, it was a big win. I mean, it was against the West Ham side, that rested Declan Rice, Jared Bowen, Nikkev Antonio. Manuel, Lanzini, et etc., because they've got bigger fish to fry. They, they're in Europe longer than Chelsea this season, so yeah, who, who'd have thought that at the, the star of the year? But no, look, we got a job done against a difficult team, a team that you know narrowly beat us in December. So it was nice to get some revenge. And, and you know, moving it was a big win because obviously with Spurs drawing yesterday, that kind of meant that you know, despite losing to us this week, our top four position actually kind of did did strengthen. As I say, now we've got a, a seven point lead over Spurs and we have a game in hand on them. We've got a five-point lead over Arsenal, and we have a game in hand on them. And obviously, we know Spurs have still got to play, go to Anfield, and Spurs still have to play Arsenal in an all London derby as well. So, you know, Chelsea are very nearly there. Today Today was big because it just eased a bit of pressure and just was, it was one of those, there's one of our wins that we need out of the way, you know, and given that we have a Man United up next who we haven't won at since 2013, and who have lost three in a row, you know, I'm not going to say we'll lose, but I think... Uh, you know, a draw. If you're a betting man, I reckon a draw is quite a good, a good shout there. Uh, and then it's Everton, who you know probably are going down. Um, but again, it's Everton, so we have a terrible record there. So today was was big uh, to win. Going to move on to listener questions. First question comes in from RJ. Given the contract situation of several of our stars over the next season or two, who are the three players Chelsea should immediately focus on re-signing and selling? So, Jack, free players who Chelsea should re-sign. So I think uh, you've obviously got Kante and Jorginho coming out of contract next year, 2024. Is Kovacic maybe a year after Alonso's 2024? Or is it Alonso next year, maybe? Um, Who are kind of Chelsea players who Chelsea should be looking to to re-sign? I'd probably
3: say Cover. I'd say, I know Mount's got a longer deal, but he's on a deal that at the end of the day he signed in 2019. That's whatever it is, 70, 80 grand a week. And based on his performances over the last two years, he deserves to be on more money than that. And... Yeah, be given a more lucrative deal so I think we've got to tie him down otherwise he's like a lot of the young youngsters youngsters down at Chelsea where they're in the perfect position where they can go to these other clubs and go, right, what are you offering me and they can get all these offers on the table so tie him down and then who else? Um, I think to be honest with you Jorginho and Kante, I think it's I think it could be time to see both well, I think either of them, one of them will go over the summer at least. And then depending on who we bring in, potentially both of them could go. Um based based on the one year deals, I think you've you've got to take the opportunity to to cash out and look at it from a from a business perspective where we could get fifty million for Kante or sixty if PSG are bidding or something like that and put that towards a Declan Rice, etc. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'd say get, yeah, look to get rid of those two, and then uh, who who else? Who else? Are we saying's running out soon. I'm just trying to think who else. I to mean, keep. this is an interesting one. With Rudiger
1: going. Would you? I mean, Aspie's got triggered, but would you look to be keeping Aspie around now, given that we're losing Rudiger, we're losing Christensen. Thiago I mean... Silva's got, you know, in his last year next year with looking a bit threadbare, and look, Rudiger is a leader, so maybe keep Has just trying for one more year, even if it's
3: in the
0: role.
3: I think that's a good idea, yeah. Given the that extra year on top of the year that's just been triggered. I think so. You look at the look at our depth there at the end of this season, we're in big trouble. Um based on our long term planning over the last two seasons that is now looking like it's gone right up the shitter basically <laughs> with Christensen and and Rudiger going and then you've got Silva who as good as he is he's he's coming to the end of his career. So is Azpi. And then who have we got Trevor and that's that's it. Uh like as promising as Trevor has been in his debut season, you, we can't be going into next season with with those as our main as our main centre backs at the end of the day.
1: Fair enough, Tom. Three players to re re-sign and, and three players to your gang. Goodbye.
2: Oh, I just I think Jack's reaction sums it up. It's like, mm, I genuinely don't know. I completely agree with the <laughs> midfielders. I completely agree on that. And I've 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 had a bit of a stick from, from my mates after I've probably said some controversial Kante takes, but I'm in exactly the same thing. I think if Chelsea get it right, Kante and Jorginho could potentially both go this summer. Um the only thing is, you, you, you don't want to lose them both for no money. That that that's huge. You can't lose both of them for no money. Um, and God, it's Mount. I agree with that. I'd just say like like the easy thing would be to say like Mount Kovacic and then like one of James or Havertz. But you know, like that the, they're both like not got. There's not too much to worry about with, with, with their contracts. I'm a I'm a bit split on Azpilicueta because it feels like his playing time at Chelsea needs to be up or seriously, seriously cut because he is he's he's a hindrance on, on this team right now it, it, it's not nice to watch but that back pass in the first half um, I think it was it, it just massively under here, he's just not he, he's not that useful other than the fact that he plays and somebody else doesn't have to play but you, you can't just, it's such a hard thing. This is, this is the whole thing about this summer and how crazy it's going to be. Because I, I don't like the idea of just keeping players because there's no other players. Because I don't think that sets a very good precedent. Because it's like, we'll keep Azpilicueta because we've got nobody else. doesn't fill you with confidence. But then you also can't just get rid of the experience of Kante, Jorginho, Rudiger and Azpilicueta like you can't replace that no matter who you buy or what you buy. You can't like the intangible, the, the leadership, the, the experience, the, the, the knowledge of Tuchel, the knowledge of Chelsea. You can't just bring that in. Um, even if you brought in bodies like, like Gallagher or whoever, you can't bring in the sort of know-how and that experience, which would make transitioning into next season quite, quite complex. Um, I'm not at all answering the question here. Mount, yeah, I think he deserves it definitely. I Kovacic as well. I think I agree on that one. And then the last one could, could genuinely be anybody. Just like I don't know, just be careful and grease another another big boost. his contract whack it down. Say you're the new Chelsea captain. Take it. Take take a wage boost. There you go. Yeah, Something exactly. like that.
1: Scare Madrid off. You know, Madrid. He's our star boy. Back off. Um, yeah. yeah. Resigning is a tough one because to I haven't actually looked at whose contracts are nearly up. Obviously, I know Kante and Georgie are main ones. I'd say, yeah, cover, I think, is not up in maybe a year or two. So keep him, um, extend him because he's, you know, a key part of a way wants. ones. Um, yeah, and then resign others is tough. I'd say, you've, yeah, I can't, I'm trying to think of who to resign. I'm literally saying Asby for experience, and then I'm struggling. I'm thinking, honestly, I'm, the selling is easier for me. The selling is easier because I could go, they, I, I'd sell two of our attackers or sell slash loan two of our attackers. I mean, let's be real. Rom doesn't have I I don't think Rom has a future here. So we'll go sell Rom. We'll sell, sell, sell one of Jorginho and Kante. And then we'll say. Ziyech or Pulisic or Verna Verna. one of them three as well. One of them three. And then or... loan Kalamazna-Doy. Marcus Alonso. Okay, loan him. Okay. Marcus Alonso. Go. Sell if... Get me
2: started on Marcus Alonso. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Marcus Alonso, sell if we can get someone else like good in. Because I say we need win bats because like, we're not talking about a Reese James missed a game today with injury. Like He, whisper it quietly. I know he's come back. We might have rushed him back a bit soon, but he is missing games with injuries. And that's Chilly out for a bit. Chili's still out. I'll take him time coming up. And Reese, injury prone. We need like wing backs. And as I said, I don't want to watch as P. or Ruben really is a wing, right wing back. And Alonso <laughs> does a job as a wing back. Like, fair play to him. He's put in some phenomenal performances. Just look at that game against Real Madrid of a Bernabeu etc, But I'm not sure. Like, it's one of those things. Mark Alonso, I don't know how he survived at Chelsea this long. It's almost admirable how he is still a Chelsea player in, in 2022. I love the bones of him, despite how much he frustrates me at points. But I think it's one of those. Yeah, yeah, probably one of them as well. And obviously, I think Kepp will be off in the summer. Barkley, for the love of God, be off, please. Um, <laughs> just give him away for free, honestly. There's, there's quite a few decisions. Sal will be off. He'll be back to Madrid. Um, oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Next question, I guess, maybe allow, allows us to potentially elaborate on, or maybe what I'm saying, comes in from Daniel. Focusing on Christian Pulisic, who we thank for that welcome winner. This is a player who has had several clutch moments like this, and yet he seems never to, to develop consistent form and fitness. What do you think he needs to do differently? Does he have a future at Chelsea? Jack?
3: It's such a hard one with him because he, honestly, he, we say it so many times, but there is a really good player in that, in that boy, but it's just the consistency. Like, remember he came back a month or so ago, scored that goal at, in Lille, away at Lille. And he scored against Burnley. And you think, go on, son. Like, this is your chance. Take your chance in that front three. Go on a bit of a run. And then he's all of a sudden straight back
1: out of the team again. Yeah, and... I think, interesting like, about yeah. think that's, Like, again, it's interesting because sort of, he went away for US men's national team. I think too kind yeah. of alluded to earlier. He's been playing US men's national team because the way he's been handled. And because US men's national team, but like, may qualify quite hard, they basically over- had to over-rely and overplay play and with all the time zone differences and all that mm. lot playing in different conditions, continents, et cetera, has kind of made it hard. And Tuchel's had to kind of ease him back in a bit, which is unfortunate because it kind of provided mm. him a deal. I think, as I said, Jack, honestly, I can't... The only, I say this, the best manager, the best performances we've seen under him is under Frank Lampard, who gave him a consistent run in the team, who made him the main man. But under Tuchel, and ever since, he's just been like a squad player, almost like a bit part player. And I think, I guess, would you say just almost needs a run in the team, like a consistent run in the team, like we've kind of seen with Habits, just get him a consistent run team and just see what happens.
3: Yeah, I completely agree, to be fair. But then I guess, again, I guess it goes back to how many attacking players we've got in those areas. And he's got to try and give chances to Werner, Ziyech, et cetera. And it's, it's a really difficult one to manage. So I guess with what we said a few minutes ago, if one of them's off, then it's a lot easier next season. But yeah, he's just... Got to get those games under his belt and start start bagging goals. Um, really important three points today. So that should give him a real real confidence booster going into the rest of the season, and that's all we can really say. Just keep keep doing that.
1: Tom, what do you on Christian Pucic, Does he have a future Chelsea? And what does he kind of need to do differently to what we've kind of seen so far in his Chelsea career?
2: I think the general point with, with the attackers in a slightly wider view is that. It's not going to be which ones to Chelsea keep over the summer. It's going to be which ones to Chelsea not sell. Like, I, I don't think there's much else to it. Any of them, we've just said, could realistically go. Timo Werner's probably in his best Chelsea form, but we're still sat here like, if he went, would we really be that disappointed? No. Um, Pulisic has been quietly quite useful as a sub. For a little while, he's got that sort of pace, that burst. I thought before the goal, it was only one little dribble, but he got the ball and actually tried to take on a few players and ran into the middle of the pitch. And it was quite sharp. And I thought that's the sort of intensity that we, we've lacked. And sometimes with Pulisic, it's always been the sort of, you're, you, you just want him to seize a game like he was doing during that lockdown period. You want him to go and take control of it and i feel like the day he 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 did actually do that he did he took his chance He was like this this is my chance and you can see when he scores goals he he really loves it you know like you, he wants to play for chelsea he really valued that goal it wasn't like a you know when ZX scored against brighton and he basically put his middle finger up to everyone else <laughs> in, with his celebration when pulisic scores you are like you can see how relieved he is like and he's just happy to sort of repay the people that, that still have faith in him, because like Jack said, he, he's clearly a good player. What Pulisic has to do is, is probably get a little bit lucky over the summer, because if an offer comes in, I don't think Chelsea would turn it down. Um, He might have a future at Chelsea, and I think that's about as, as good as we can get I, if he was to go. I'm sure he would do well elsewhere, but I don't think it would necessarily be that Chelsea haven't tried their best to get it out of him. Um, he does need games, but also, as, as Jack says, when when you've got a front line, you know, if you're if we're now having to genuinely sort of put Lukaku on the market, we have to, surely we have to sort of go. Actually, he he is still usable, you know. We've not absolutely broken him he's still a decent striker. You know, if Lukaku wanted to bang in a few goals for the end of the season and right, raise his price tag or whatever a little bit, that'd be quite useful. And it's the same with probably all of the strikers. Maybe Timo Werner's little period here is sort of making people go, oh, actually, if Werner is up for sale, he might be a bit more attractive to us. And I guess Pulisic is in exactly the same category. He needs to play some football. And I guess the question i ask you guys, because I don't know how I feel does that mean that Pulisic starts against Man United? Because he's such a good sub and he's yeah. come off the bench and scored the winner, but Werner's having his best form. It's, 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 it's such a hard one with, with the amount of sort of attacking players we've got that are also in and out of form. Like Ziek over the, you know, that, that period where he was scoring all his goals and you're like, yeah, right, OK, maybe we're seeing the best of Ziyech. He's now at the top of the don't sell list. And it, 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 it seems to change every week.
1: Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's it's one of those, I think he probably needs a bit of luck. Like Pulisic said, I feel the attacking situation, I do think we're probably carrying an attack one or two attackers too many. Uh, I think that's kind of just, you know, we don't need the amount of attackers we do. Obviously, what we're not remembering is Kalamazan Adoui hasn't kicked a ball for Chelsea in Liverpool, feels forever as well. He's just been out injured and he's like another one who, you know, (laughs) what do we do with him type thing? So I think Pulisic, we kind of probably need to cull the attackers a bit. And he just—I don't know—he kind of feels like we do need a bit a lot of luck with him. But there's a player there. There is a player there, which is why, like you know, I kind of believe in him because I actually seen more than. So I've seen probably as more from him than a lot of our other attackers, which is kind of why you kind of want to keep him. But it's a tough one. He's—I don't—I don't even know if we need to do a lot differently. To be fair, he just kind of needs to be given games. And it's also, again, I'm also kind of wary of judging performances at this stage of the season, because in general, as a team, we are horrendous to watch and have been for months in the Premier League. Uh, we are, I generally, I said it earlier. It's honestly, it's like watching Saribaba, the manager of the fans like, and it is, because it's slow. It's boring. It's, it's lethargic. You're genuinely left bored watching us at points this season. I don't think we was the first shot on Tiger was the 60th minute today or something like that. Like It's, it's genuinely like, it's been dull. It is. But, you know, I'm not complaining because it's brought success and we're in a good position as a club. But it's one of those I'm kind of just wary of being like too critical on all our players right now, because in general, like, there's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of external factors. And I've said to mates, look, like, if I as a fan, I'm tired of this season, mentally drained from this season. Most players who are actually playing and running around on that pitch are going to be too, And that manager is um, going to be too because everyone's actually putting in the effort. I'm just rocking up and showing up to a game to... For 90 minutes, whoever to support them, and I'm tired and I'm fed up with it. So, yeah, and like how many how many games the... have we played this season? We've played yeah, so just, many. As I said, so it's I think been the...
2: such so, such a long season after it's the Euros. A... Yeah. It's no. been non-stop, and with everything else added on top of it, I think I think we're just we're seeing it in the performance now. I think that that's that's what we're seeing, and that is understandable. I can I don't I can't I can't yeah. fault it. I, I don't feel like these players aren't putting in effort. You know. Milan style is just not good enough. Asperger is shattered and has played every minute for the last 35 years, it seems. you know, He's just around all the time. Players are tired and I can accept that.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. So I think Chelsea, by the end of the season, will play 63 Premier League games. In the start of the season, the max, they could have played is 66. So, for him, the fact that Ben Chilwell played maybe about 10% of those games, <laughs> Maybe a bit more, but like honestly, feels like maybe, maybe 20%, but it just feels like no, how little I he's think, played. Like honestly, I think he probably started about 10% percent.
3: of those games. Exactly. Yeah. I think
1: him and Reese together only, only played about five or six games together or something in, in the league. And apparent, like it.
3: yeah. And my friend Matt told me today at the pub of the games that Reese and Ben Chilwell played together, the aggregate score is 18 1 to us yeah. where they played together. I think that sums it all up. Just get those two boys fit
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and
1: conditions 18 plus. Yeah, no, exactly. Next question comes in from Harry. To what extent do you guys think our performances for the rest of the season will change after this win? Harry, they're not going to change at all, my man. I don't <laughs> think like there might be a bit less pressure on the pressure on us. So maybe, you know, I mean, look, look, we've got to play. We've got to play Watford last the game of the season. Like that going down. Who knows? That could be quite fun to watch. Because they're leaking goals. But again, we made really hard work of beating them in December. So who who honestly knows? I just said this. And again, I'd refer back to, I think I said to it on the pod with Rob Prattley after we beat Crystal Palace. I said, we're not going to be fun to watch because we've we had other priorities. And obviously, those priorities are gone now. But the players are cooked. They are. They're knackered. Like they are literally getting by and it's fine. You know, they can't be on it 100% of the time. They'll probably also be saving this. They'll probably, in the week or so leading up to the FA Cup final, they probably will save themselves a bit. 'Cause these players will wanna they'll want to play in that game. They will also it's clear this Chelsea side gets up for certain games, but that's clear. It's been watching us. You can just look at our performances in cup competitions compared to to league performances. So I don't think our performances for the rest of the season will change off soon. But I think just in general for fans it might be just a bit easier. But Tom, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I can't I can't see it getting much better. You know, I, I fully expect us to go to United and win. I we really, really should because they are woeful. Um And then if the season wasn't basically already done, it it will be then, you know. Um, It's, I want to see us play free-flowing attacking football. Of course I do. Um, But as I say, this time of year, when you're near the top of the league or the bottom of the league, is all about results. So when you're sort of in the middle with nothing to play for, it's sort of like, why would it be any different, you know? it just makes it, I guess it, it makes it harder when Chelsea don't win to accept it because you're watching pretty much a load of shit and then not winning, which doesn't yeah. help the situation at all. Um, whereas, obviously, if you, if you play badly and then win, it's like, oh, you know what? It was worth it in the end because three points, yay, you know, we, we, we take it and we move on, sort of thing. Yeah, no, fair enough. I don't it, think it
1: was,
2: yeah. I think, like, you, you said about the Tuchel thing, about, like, not, not standing up in that first half. We know he would have been so angry, but, like, I think he recognises it as well. He's probably just sat there like, I can't ask these players to do much more because it will just burn them out even more. Like, of course, in his head, the idea isn't to look really, really sloppy and slow and sluggish and give up loads and loads and loads of individual errors. That you know, It's obviously not the game plan. So it's not like we're, you know, we're trying to do things wrong. I just think it's this time of the season and it's strange because even when Chelsea haven't been going for the title and haven't been in the Champions League or cup finals or whatever, Chelsea have always been perilously close to dropping out of the top four or dragging themselves back into that battle, which is why I think we got a little bit nervous in this last week. Some people saying, oh, oh we better not lose this, because then we will be right back in the battle. And it's like, no, we're just used to it. I think Chelsea fans don't really know what, what to think of things at the moment, because it's like, when was the last time for us that the season was over this, sort of, this early? Yeah. Like last year we were still battling to get in the top four We're not really in that battle now Since winning the league We've been trying to win the league Or have won the league by this point Or we've been trying to get in the top four And this year it's sort of like Really in the middle Where we're not really doing anything And it, yeah. it's a really hard one to digest
1: Yeah, no, exactly I mean, we had a run, I think, either side of the club or loan, couple we won, five lo- well, we won five league games in a row that basically, that run basically got us top four or pretty much secured top four, because in that time, there were teams that dropped points, etc. And that kind of secured it. And then, ever, yeah, it just feels like it's, it's a really weird one, because the way Chelsea have done it is, we're, we're far off the leaders, so we're not in a title race. We're not quite out the woods, though, for top four, but we've kind of just always been comfortable. and We've been in this comfortable situation for what seems like a while, and occasionally it's got a bit tense. And occasionally we've dropped points and other teams have won, and then the gap is closed. But then those teams then go and drop points, and we win, and the gap increases again. And it's kind of one of those just endless things. And they say it's just, as I say it's just got boring. It has just got boring now because they say the seasons, There's so much other stuff, and non-football stuff has taken over. And as we said, you're watching Chelsea, but you're kind of just waiting for news updates and seeing what else is going on, with the bigger picture. So it's tough. So look, Harry Longman and I, like, I don't think performances. Are going to change that much I genuinely don't think performances are going to be brilliant from now to the end of the season I just don't think is maybe there'll be the odd game where we just click like Southampton maybe if a team also you know plays into our hands a bit but I don't think it's going to be great to watch because it's not been great to watch for the last few months as I said I can't I struggle to name aside from Southampton a league game but I've enjoyed watching in 2022 this year I'll probably go Spurs at home when we beat them 2-0 and then I'd be inclined to go the Liverpool 2-0 because that was just a brilliant game of football but aside from that I can't think of any other really enjoyable league games Burnley 4-0 the second half was fun that first half was awful like it's, it's genuinely like one of those I'm trying to I struggle to think of many games that have been fun, enjoyable to watch in the league you know Norwich for the first 10-15 minutes I thought we were going to win 7-0 and then we stopped playing and then made it hard for ourselves and then eventually you know killed it off late on but it's just one of those like I just think, yeah, we're, we're not playing at 100%. A, today did feel like an end-of-season game. I mean, the summer's out, you know, it was a lovely day and it just felt like, you know, there wasn't much pace in the game. West Ham weren't really asked about the game either. They've got bigger priorities. It just felt we're just slowly drawing to the end of what feels like the longest Chelsea season ever. And, yeah, I think it's just a case of just getting through. So I don't think the games will be too much, you know, different to today. Final question comes in from Sham. Do you think this game would psychologically give us a boost for the upcoming games, given how we didn't get ourselves in uh, for a major portion yet show the character to push to the end? Jack, do you think this game will give us a psychological boost for the upcoming games? Because, I mean, it is a big win. It's a last minute win. And I guess if there were any potential nerves, that's probably sell quite a few of them.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we'd lost, lost today, I think we would have all been worrying a little bit uh I know Tom said earlier he fully expects us to go to United and win I fully expect us to not go there and win I just I, it's just so obvious it's like the Arsenal one they on a losing streak and then oh, of course they're playing us next and somehow they'll pull something out of the bag even though they are genuinely awful like so so bad um but yeah I think today I think that was the the real big step we we're pretty much done it um and yeah, I think we keep going on. Yeah, the season's been so long, and we've had enough of it, but we're almost there, boys. We're almost through it. So let's get to the summer and yeah, then we'll go again next season.
1: Mate, it's like no, this
2: exactly. is this is this is more of a counselling session for Chelsea <laughs> fans that are just bored of this season
1: than anything else. It's okay. It's okay. We're all going through it. Right. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. You know, I said Thankfully, I have. A, thankfully, cricket season has started, so I can actually. You no, know, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly in the space where I could go right. I could invest in other areas. I could get disappointed elsewhere and frustrated elsewhere. That's what I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to. But no, look, it will give us a, a boost psychologically. I think United. I'm going to say as I said earlier, if you're a betting man, Matt United again. Put it down as a draw. Put it down as a draw because I don't think I'm going to say this. I don't think United will have the quality to beat us, even if we're not great. I mean, Ronaldo, I mean, if Ronaldo turns up, who knows? Maybe, but I think you know we've we've got quite a nice little break now because obviously we played Sunday. that's on a Thursday, so we've got a nice little you know turn till then. Um, Tuchel said Rudiger's hopefully back in training Tuesday. Rudiger comes into that defence, you feel a lot more confident with him in the side. You know him being a big miss, and actually fair play, we beat West Ham without him today. Now that felt quite quite big. So now I think it, it's kind of a case of like it feels like we're just counting down the points. You know, it's almost like counting down the days, whatever. When you're a little kid on your advent calendar to Christmas, we're like counting down the points until we've mathematically got top four secured. I said, I think, you know, with, with Arsenal and Spurs, I think, you know, playing each other, I think we need a maximum of, I think, eight more points. Uh, but realistically, it's going to be less than that. It'll probably realistically be about six more points. Uh And that could even be less than that as well, because I think that's, you know, so we will see. So I think we're nearly there. And I think look, it will give the players a psychological boost. Um You know, the credit to them, because as I think I put, say earlier, that's three games in the Premier League. Chelsea have won this year this calendar year, that is, late on, obviously, Crystal Palace, Akim Ziyech scored in the 89th minute, Kyavid scored against Newcastle in the 89th minute, and um, Christian Puget today scored against West Ham in the 90th minute. So that's three games this calendar year, and that's three games, I guess, from February onwards, where we've not been great in any of them. They've been pretty dull affairs to watch, and we've just managed to find a way to win. And it feels like this season, I mean, feels like we've probably won games more late than, you know, we've tended to in previous seasons, so I guess that's, kind of an encouraging sign and no matter how bad Chelsea are to so watch your points and how dull the games are, you do feel at points Chelsea can get a goal. I think we, you know, in general, I think we probably, in terms of scoring late goals in the league this year, we are probably in from 75th months. I reckon we are probably quite high up on that list as well. So I think, you know, there's always a confidence this team can get goals in them and look our fixtures, you know, we still got, you know, are relatively decent. As I said, you know, Everton, who knows what will happen there. That, that fish just feels so hard to predict just given everything that's going on there. But again, Everton in a relegation zone, and they'll be in the relegation zone when we kick off against them. So that one will be really interesting to see to see how that goes. Look, we go to Leeds we've got Leeds midweek and Leeds on out of relegation picture. Burnley picking up four means they're all of a sudden dragged into it. Leicester at home, you know, if Leicester i out laughing, Leicester if they're in the conference league, if they get, you know, they might have bigger fish to fry when that game's going on if they or if they've got a final to potentially look forward to and then said Watford on the final day of the season, if we don't beat Watford, then geez, I mean, that's just poor. And then, and then Wolves, Wolves, just Wolves. I'm going to call it now. Wolves at home, I think, is a 3pm kickoff in two weekends' time. And I'm that feels like that's got a dull nil-nil written all over it. That would just be an incredibly dull game to watch. Bruno Large, I mean, Wolves lost to Burnley 1-0 today. I feel like Wolves are probably on the beach as well. And it'll probably just be one of those games that's one of the most uneventful nil-nil end of season type draws that you can expect. But yeah, look. Today's just big for for going forward, just in general for securing top four, because I said, I think just, we just, yeah, we I said for that Arsenal game, for a, for a matter of days, we did all of a sudden feel almost in jeopardy a little bit, just a little bit. And now that kind of jeopardy feels like it's gone. So now I'll give them a big boost, but yeah, I think that's all we've got to to say. And that's all the questions uh, that got sent in this week. Thank our guest, Tom, for coming on. Tom, it's been a pleasure. As always, before you go one, you give yourself one last part where people can find you and where they can find the Chelsea social
2: yeah. Um, so again, on, on Twitter at Tom Cody 49 and uh, at the Chelsea social um, where we will probably turn our attentions to the FA Cup final as soon as possible. Because if you haven't already um, figured out from the rest of this podcast, we're, we're just as bored of this season as, uh, as everyone else, which actually you mentioned the cricket season. That's probably the thing I tweet about more than anything else at the moment, because football is just so dull. So uh if you happen to like cricket as well definitely definitely come along and join me because i'm always looking for some uh england hopefuls
1: yes no exactly tom and i've got a, a campaign for james vince going into cricket we wanted his return to the test side so yeah he could come back and i said uh just quick Shout unlucky JR. Uh, sorry, beat your boy Somerset today in the cricket, so unlucky boss. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. As for us, for on Twitter at that Chelsea pod, on Insta at that Chelsea pod, on all you use your usual podcast platform Fridays, Apple, Spotify, etc. Give us a rating and review, it goes a long way. Share the pod whenever when I tweet it, like retweet, etc. And as always, remember you know that you can get 20% off Manscaped and free shipping with our promo code chelsea pod at manscaped.com, and that will be in the description below. So, go on, look after your grooming. You know, it's good, it'll be helpful for you. So, uh, go down below, check that out, and say all those links will be in the description below. But yeah, as I think you can tell, we're kind of all fed up, but we're relieved as well. But uh, until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag, fly an eye. Sports Social Podcast Network.